Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm glad to have your company once again. The Spirit World the series continues. And another name of Christ with Derek French. Here on Serving Today, we're currently thinking about the spirit world with the help of Graham Jones. There are some very difficult issues in life. Suffering is one of those. The experience of suffering affects all of us. Why does tragedy strike one family but not another? How should we deal with suffering? And where does suffering fit into the African spiritual worldview? Well, to answer those questions, here's Graham. In the African traditional spiritual worldview, misfortune always has a personal cause. This could be summed up by the phrase, there is always someone you have offended, an ancestor, a a spirit, a witch or a sorcerer. And because they're offended or have been neglected by you, they have brought this tragedy upon you and your family. So behind the drought or the crop failure, infertility, illness, accidents or or even death, you have offended a spirit or an ancestor. There is always someone. And because of that someone, that is why you suffer. So today I want to think about what does the Bible say about human suffering? And where would you like to begin? Firstly, we should start by thinking about where does suffering come from? The Bible shows that suffering comes as a result of sin. The Bible says that God is good and is sovereign over his world. And that when God made the world, all of creation was good. There was no sin. And so there was no suffering. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and through to chapter 2, verse 1, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. This shows us that suffering was not God's original purpose for this world. So how did suffering enter the world? The Bible shows that suffering came into the world as a result of sin. In Genesis 3, we learn that Adam and Eve listened to Satan and disobeyed God. Paul summarises this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. In Genesis 3, we see that sin affects all areas of life in this world. Sin has affected our relationship with God. We are sinners. We commit sins. We've broken our relationship with God. Sin separates us from God. And so we all deserve God's punishment for our sins. But God, in his grace, has sent the Saviour, Jesus. And if we trust in him... We can have our sins forgiven. We can come back into a relationship with God. 
sin has also affected the relationship between men and women. There is conflict in families, there is violence, particularly towards women and girls. There is injustice and corruption in society. So sin affects our relationship with God and with one another. How else does sin affect life in this world? Sin has affected man's relationship with the natural world. There are things like famines and droughts. And so, because of man's rebellion, sin came into the world. And it's affected all areas of our world. And so suffering is the result. What God created as a good world for man's good, man has ruined by his sin against God. So mankind is responsible for bringing sin into the world. And this brings suffering. Much of the suffering we experience today is the result of the sins of individuals. Someone steals the gifts from sponsors or the money raised from taxes and and so there's no money for medicines or for the funding of schools. A father becomes angry and hits out at his wife or children. Or a Matatu owner does not repair the, the brakes on his vehicle properly and an accident occurs. Much of the suffering we experience is the result of the sin of people. It's not that we have offended a spirit. So the next question we need to think about is, how does sin being in the world bring suffering to us? The majority of suffering that we experience is due to general sin in the world. Sin is in the world in a a general way. We, We live in this sinful world. And so we all get affected by suffering. General sin affects the world in two ways. Sin affects the way the world works. Some people would call these natural disasters. God allows earthquakes or tsunamis or El Nino, floods and droughts. And these bring famine or destruction of homes and other disasters. Sadly, by the way that humanity lives, we can make these disasters more frequent and more severe. Things like deforestation and harming the environment. In Kenya, Wanguru Mathai was given a Nobel Prize for her work, showing the benefit of planting trees and protecting the environment. The tragedies of Earthquakes and famines and the like are are not the result of an individual action by a single person. They're not normally the result of Satan's action or one of his demons afflicting a person. General sin is in the world and this brings suffering. What's the other way that general sin affects us? The other way that general sin affects us is that our bodies and, and the way they work Many sicknesses are caused by germs or by viruses. We're making these recordings during the coronavirus pandemic. Illness comes from a virus, COVID-19. It's the virus that makes the people sick. And so coronavirus does not come on a person because they've offended their ancestors. We can help protect ourselves from germs or viruses by taking appropriate measures For coronavirus, we can wash our hands with soap and water. We can keep a safe distance from people. To combat many germs, 
we should keep our hands and our homes clean. Or we should use clean water for drinking. All these things can help us to stay healthy. And when we are sick, God in his kindness has provided medicines. We should get good advice from a trained medical doctor to know what medicines to take. You see, suffering has come into this world because of sin. And the majority of suffering is because we live in a sinful world. It does not have a personal cause. In Luke chapter 13, Luke records two examples of suffering. When Pilate killed some Galileans, and when a tower fell, killing 18 people. Jesus says that when such troubles come, it's a reminder from God that we are sinners, that we live in a sinful world, and that we should repent of our sins before God. In Luke 13, verse 5, Jesus says, Unless you repent, you too will all perish. Graham Jones will be back with us next time here on Serving Today to answer more questions about suffering and the spirit world. It's good to have Derek French join us again with the occasional series on the names of Christ. A description of Jesus that we find a number of times in the New Testament is the title Firstborn. We normally use that title for the first child born into a family, and it is used in that way for Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, where it is recorded that when his mother Mary gave birth to him, he was recognised as her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. The expression is used in a similar way in the Old Testament too, and under the Old Covenant, the firstborn son had a double portion of inheritance compared with the other children of the family. See Deuteronomy 21 verses 15 to 17. This emphasises the importance and dignity given to the firstborn child. But the term is also applied to people who were not the first to be born in their families. The first example of significance is that Abraham's son Isaac was given the inheritance by God and not to Ishmael his brother, who was born before him. Similarly, David was not Jesse's first child, but God gave him the throne of Israel. In Psalm 89 verse 27, speaking of David, we read, And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. In these instances, the term firstborn carries with it the thought of priority and dignity. This is further illustrated by the fact that the people of Israel were called God's firstborn in Exodus 4 verse 22. The Lord was signifying how the nation was considered very special by him. Because of this, they were given both priority and dignity above other nations and were very special to the Lord. If we remember that firstborn does not always mean the one born first, but has this emphasis of dignity and priority, it will help us to understand the other verses that speak of Jesus as the firstborn. So let's consider some of these. The first is Colossians 1 verse 15, which reads, He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. One of the great themes of Colossians is the preeminence of Christ, and that is the emphasis in this verse. Being the firstborn of all creation does not mean that Jesus was created, as some false teachers have claimed, but rather that he is of greater dignity than creation and is over creation. This becomes even clearer when we read Colossians 1 verse 16, that by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, 
All things were created through him and for him. So as creator, Christ is preeminent. He has a greater dignity than all that has been made in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Hence he is called the firstborn of all creation. He is infinitely above and superior to all that has been made. Honour and glory belong to him. He is the maker of heaven and earth and is never to be confused with it. He is to be worshipped, loved, adored and served. Not the things that have been made, because to do that would be idolatrous, something which God does not sanction anywhere in Scripture. This, of course, means Jesus should have first place in our hearts and lives as individuals and as churches, that we should be a people who live for Christ as our Maker as well as our Redeemer and seek to submit to and honour him in all that we do. He is to have the priority in our lives. And Derek French will be joining us again next time here on Serving Today with more on Christ the Firstborn. Don't forget that you can reach us if you have any questions or comments about the programme. The details follow in just a moment. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May we bring honour to the Lord Jesus Christ as we serve only him. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Until next time, goodbye.